fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 26 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. Fantasy Fullback Dive, of course, the only podcast that's going to pave your way, and we all know that driving on pavement is a lot better than off-roading. It's going to pave your way to fantasy championships, trophies, accolades, the respect of your peers, at least the ones who play fantasy football. Um, take that to the bank. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself, in a less dimly lit, uh, you know, I guess setting than, than before, but there's like a ceiling fan that's kind of going around up there. Kind of makes it look mm. like a really trippy, like potential, like future murder scene or something like that. How's it going, Wolf? Future or past? Future or past? We'll, we'll leave that up for debate. But everything's fantastic, Nat. And if you want those lead blocks all off season, make sure you subscribe as well, uh, so you don't miss a, a single pulverizing lead block. I love how you said that. Is that what we're um, doing? Are we like? Are we essentially like the lead blockers here? Oh yeah, we're the lead that's blockers. A, that's well put. Back, that's not. Nice. No, that's well put. I like yeah, that. we do all the we do all the gritty, you know, lead blocking, all the unsung heroes that you just need to have in order to get that one last yard push to that fancy title. You know, how earning a title is always so gritty. Um, and speaking of earning titles, we have an awesome documentary coming out shortly, uh, which is you ask me how I'm doing. I am on cloud nine because I got to spend the weekend with uh, Seamus. Oh, and also, it's about uh, yeah, freaking time. Seamus got a little bit of play on this podcast. The guy was he, a staple for like a solid year, year and a half. And he's like disappeared. I know. And the first thing he said, too, as, as we we're hanging out, he says, when am I coming back? When are the football fantasies reemerging? So we'll have to make sure to get another segment in for Seamus this summer. Um, but I spent some time with him and also uh, Taylor. So I don't know if you met Taylor yet, um, but he has a really cool story. And being able to hang out with both of them was awesome. So uh, Taylor, he found us through Snapchat. And if you don't follow us on Snapchat, Roto ST Journal or Roto Street Wolf, my personal Snapchat, which Taylor heard a podcast. He, he started following us. Um, reached out and was asking some questions. He was in the basement of his league, last place. We ended up getting him Juju Smith-Schuster off the waiver wire. We got him Rex Burkhead, and his team went all the way from last place to making the championship. Unfortunately, he got girlied in the championship and didn't finish off the job. But after the fact, he was like, I I believe in the site. You guys really did a great job helping me. I do video stuff. Um, and this is a, he was a senior at the time in high school. Now he's a college freshman from Arkansas. So, uh, you know, out of the middle of nowhere, somehow found us. And he came up this weekend, flew up from Arkansas and met with me and Seamus because he, he loves doing video stuff, this Taylor kid did. And now we're making a documentary on the Seamus story, back to back to back potentially. So uh, everything's great. Everything is fantastic. And if you're a Seamus fan, Mad Money Mike's already reached out. He saw some little Snapchat behind the scenes footage and was saying this is going to knock hard knocks off the best documentary for the summer. So we've got uh, we've got some great stuff coming and, and I'm super stoked. It's that time of the year, baby. That's awesome. Yeah. Taylor finding you on Snapchat. By the way, the Wolf Snapchat more than du- just dick pics. I mean, there's like a lot of other good stuff on there as well, folks. So if you're sitting here thinking to yourself, I'm not going to subscribe because I'm sure it's just the wolf showing everyone his junk, you're wrong. There's actually a lot of quality Very fantasy wrong. football stuff on there as well. Um, I will not want to show. Why would I want to show that off? Then everyone, no one would trust me when they see what there's nothing to, to see down there. You know, right. I got to pretend like there's something. I can't at least 
Yeah, yeah. No one's There's gonna no, review no one's like gonna that. buy Don't the worry. cow if you give away the milk for free. So exactly, of course, no, right? We're not just, just putting that out on Snapchat. Um, well, that sounds awesome. So cool I mean, I can't wait to see this. Uh, I can't wait to see this documentary. I'm really very excited about this. I love making movies. Also, I haven't been in the same place as you for a couple of years now. It's way but, too long. But it's I know. been a long time. It has. I actually took my daughter been. to the U.S. Women's uh, Soccer Game against Australia. I saw your uh, pictures. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It was good quality time with my daughter. She like went nuts. That we scored in the 90th minute, and she. That's uh, awesome. She was uh, you you know you know the the dance like all the all the kids are doing the floss. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, she's she's like a professional flosser, and so she flossed for nice. like, you know forty five seconds. Did you get some straight. flossing too? <laughs> no, I did actual teeth flossing. Uh, oh, I'm trying. Know. That's my goal for the year. That's that's hashtag dad life. Trying to get better at actual flossing. <laughs> right. Living that dad life. Yeah, but, yeah. Never a dull moment over here. Um, it is. It's just such a collection of characters we got to, and it, it's really cool just to see like to, that we can have that type of outreach. You know what I mean? That's when if you're ever thinking about starting something, just go do it because the fact. Yeah, we had a random kid from Arkansas come visit and make this awesome documentary. You know, it's awesome stuff. So it sounds like we both had some great weekends. Yeah, and and now good. it's go time. I mean, August is right around the corner, baby. Well, and, and of course, we're going to talk. We're actually going over the Road Street Journal's first mock draft of the year. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. I won't give too much away. But that's actually the featured segment on the show today. We're going to be getting into that. I think we did like a 15-round uh, mock draft with 12 yep. guys, uh, all of them, I'd say, Pretty damn knowledgeable on fantasy football, actually. So it took a long time, but but I think uh, it's going to be interesting to look at the results. Joe, who's been actually filling in for Sound Guy Nate on some of these recent pods, um, was in the draft and is also going to help us uh, grade some of the teams and, and just kind of give some thoughts with you and with me every now and then if something jumps out at me round by round. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. I said it was a great weekend. Real quick, before we uh, move on to our stock watch and stock tips and stuff like that, uh, what is our estimated time that the Seamus documentary might be dropping? Ooh, uh, I mean, so that's Taylor's tough, I know. Grinding. He's a grinder. I would say he, he's pretty much close to done with at least the first draft of it. We'll go through it, trim anything we need to add, anything we're missing. Uh, but I saw the, the first look at it, and it is actually, it's incredible. I was actually, I was in tears. I was laughing so hard at some moments. Um, and, and then we showed a couple of random people just to see, is this just funny because I know Seamus? Or would this be funny for any random person to see? And it's passing the test so far. Everyone's like, this is a riot. This kid is a character, and he absolutely is. Um, I would say within the next couple weeks, I mean, right now is the heart of draft prep season. So we might try to time it a little more when, like, teams are already drafted and you want that little, like, last week push to stay excited about fancy. I don't know the exact timing yet, but All it's right. going to be done soon, and you'll get a, you'll get the sneak peek. Of course. Page, and, I mean, I mean, are, are we going to be at the Cannes Film, Film Festival next year? Like, I very well could. Okay. I, I think Seamus deserves the nomination for sure. And while you're waiting for that, too, we do have our uh, our training camp kickoff guide. We'll be out within the next couple of days by the time this pod drops. Hopefully that guide will be up. I just finished writing all 150 uh, profiles for all the, the top 150 big Jeez. boards. So I know. it's It's been a grind. It's about 100 pages of stuff already. We have a few more to finish up. Uh, but man, it's going to be a great way to kick off. I know last year you had some buddies that used our uh, training camp kickoff guide. We I have a lot of buddies who use it, and a lot and more are going to this year. We've actually I've been slowly picking up followers. Uh, you know, yep. not at the rate that you know uh, erotic Snapchat or anything like that could, but you know, I do pick up one or two uh, from time to time. And yeah, I got a lot of friends who use that thing, which actually makes my fantasy. Uh, prospects a little bit tougher because exactly. more and That's more people are issue. using yeah. the same information I'm using. 
Anyway. Right, so be on the lookout for that. I, I believe the uh, URL, once it finally drops, will be rotostreetjournal.com slash training camp kickoff. Uh, I might do something a little more easy to remember as well, but be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a, a fantastic draft guide within the next couple days. And training camp's kicked off, and that's why the stock watch is so loaded tonight. All right, with that said, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to the aforementioned stock watch after this. All right, we are back with a jam-packed stock watch. That's becoming the norm lately. Uh, the stock watch mm-hmm. has been pretty filled, and so we're going to try to keep the wolf to like a minute, maybe a minute and a half on each one of these. And then if we got time at the end, we're actually going to roll out a rapid-fire segment. We're going to read uh, a sentence, a news blurb, and the wolf is just going to react. He's just going to show us those cat-like reflexes, uh, mm-hmm. doing some mental gymnastics, and he's just going to react. How's he going to react? We don't know. <laughs> only way you're going to know is if you listen for another five, six, seven minutes. Um, <laughs> the stock watch is going to feature Darius Geis, Andrew Luck, uh, the Titans wide receivers, the Dolphins pass catchers, uh, namely uh, Parker and Gesicki. Uh, Gesicki, of course, becoming more and more of a household name. Uh, and then Joe Flacco making a rare appearance on the stock watch. Um, I thought we had like some sort of company policy saying that Joe Flacco could never be discussed on the, po- on the uh, podcast. I guess not. Because he's on the table of contents, then we're going to get right into rapid fire. So, what a dork, huh? Uh, like, huge a, like, dork. You know, it's really hard for me to wrap my arms around Joe Flacco, even though he's beaten the Patriots in key moments, and you know, like, and so I should Fuck like you. him. It's like I can't like Joe Flacco. Yes, I had to get that little jab in there. Fuck you. Uh, but no, I can't like him either. And this is actually not even really so much about Flacco as it is the people around him. So right. we'll, we'll get to that. Fair in a second. Enough, I, right? It's I'm just not his name. Flacco. It's more like by association, his names in the contents. Exactly. Enjoy your airtime, Joe. It's the last you're going to be getting for a while. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get right into the stock watch. Darius Geis, uh, his stock watch, uh, his stock is up. Uh, he's already working with the first team offense. Jay Gruden suggested he'll receive, and this is another of those great coach quotes, quote, plenty of touches. Wolf, go ahead. Absolutely. And what he said to go with that quote, too, is the physicality of Darius Geis is not the issue. We just got to make sure he gets it mentally, but I don't think he's going to have a problem. He picked it up very fast fast and OTAs, didn't have any mental mistakes, did a great job. So I anticipate Darius getting plenty of looks, plenty of touches. So that's a, a, I love the fact that he's already picking up mentally because he fell in the draft. There's some concerns about is his head in the game? Is he playing video games? All this. I don't even know what happened that caused him to fall to 59. No, no real clear, concrete answer happened. But a lot of it was that he was not mentally there, not mentally ready. And it sounds like that's not the case at all. And he's already earning first team reps because of this. And why wouldn't he be? It's Rob Kelly and fucking Samaj P. Ryan. That he has to beat out. It's a joke. There's nobody he has to beat out. And this is a guy that has a very violent running style compared to Marshawn Lynch. That's what he said he emulates his game off of, yet still runs a 4 4 9 40, fifth among running backs this year. So, I mean, the guy's got blazing speed in addition to just ridiculous power. Some of his truck stick hits, truck stick hits are out of this world. So, so I look at this, I'm saying this guy's got the early down carries locked down. He's showing as well as a pass catcher, too, in a lot of the clips I'm watching. Obviously, Thompson will be the main pass catching back. But this is another one of those committees that I think is going to really work out because they complement each other so well. So we're looking at kind of the Titans as a committee that works. Obviously, the Saints, when Ingram's back, is a committee that works. I really think the, uh, the, the Redskins have this situation that's really going to work that even Thompson himself said we, we complement each other so well they didn't want this guy to come in and just get 
500 yards. They're expecting 1,000, 1,200 yards out of him. So even his backfield mate is all in, loves the guy, is happy to share the work with him. So a lot of good chemistry going on there. And what this kind of says to me, and you need to talk about the offensive line. I don't want to ignore them either. The 12th-ranked line by Pro Football Focus, you got Trent Williams returning, one of the best left tackles in the game, uh, back to full health. you got the Brandon Sheriff at life right guard, an absolute monster. Some question marks around those guys, but a lot of people coming back to full health. So uh, a great power blocking line was a top five line just a couple years ago when everybody was healthy. Hopefully they can get back to that level. Hopefully Geist makes them look even better than they are because he's just such a beast. And this, for me, just really cements him as that number two. We talked about this last week, but number two back. We said, we talked about how Penny's in a much more crowded situation. We got some notes on that later, too. Uh, but this really just, if you got that second pick, obviously Barkley's number one. He's not getting touched. But I really think Geis is the clear number two rookie running back. Well worth, we're breaking down the mock draft in a little bit. He went pretty early as a, as a sneak preview. Don't give it and away. I can't even, and I can't even hate on the kid that took him that early because I'm just – He's a monster. Even Mahan, uh, my good buddy who's doing the draft with us, not the guy who even took him, said he thinks Geist is going to outscore Barkley. That's his bold prediction of the year. That's and it's, it's very bold. I don't think it will happen because I'm just so in love with Saquon. But Geist is a, a close second at this point. So I, I'm all in on him at this point. I love him. All right. Andrew Luck, stock up. Throwing and throwing well. Andrew Luck went 19 for 22, including 12 of 14 in 11-on-11 situations in the Colts' first full-padded practice on Sunday. I mean, sure, he's throwing. His stock went up. Like When he's not throwing, his stock isn't terribly high. But convince me that, that I should be excited about Andrew Luck. Well, I think it's you got to get a little bit excited now because one, like you said, he's throwing huge step, but it's also that he's making accurate completions. He's throwing with zip. All his receivers were marveling that it's like he hasn't lost a step. If anything, it's stronger. Uh, his arm is, and it looks like he's picking up the system very fast. I know it's pa- practice, so nineteen of twenty-two. I mean, they, know, they they throw in twelve of fourteen of those <laughs> were with the correct number of people on the field. Right, exactly. So, I mean, we're not – we're talking about some real – you know, we're not taking fantasy stats in preseason – and practice, never mind, preseason games. So, you can't – you take it with a grain of salt. But the fact that he's completing this many passes just tells me he's picking the system up well, that he's having no residual pain in that shoulder. And that's all crucial news because he has huge upside. Frank Reich has had massive success with passing attacks, whether it's been Phillip Rivers, whether it's been Carson Wentz. Those are the two offensive coordinator gigs he's had. And both guys were at well over 4,500 yards every time that they had this guy no huddle aggressive attack which fits luck strengths perfectly so i just love that i'm seeing him out on the field he's going to kind of move up now for me uh he's at qb 15 doesn't have a ton of room to rise but jimmy garoppolo jared goff i'll probably look at luck before those guys just because i think he has so much more upside and this obviously is great news for all his weapons too ty hilton can get a little stock up Jack Doyle, the beanstalk himself, was apparently the top target of the day. I know he's in a little committee situation with Ebron, but maybe this can work out if Luck's playing that well. I'm just excited about the Colts, and he's got the best line of his career now. They really addressed it in the draft. He'll be upright more often. It's a quicker strike attack, so he's not just back there in Rod Chazinski's system where he's getting crushed every play. I think everything's kind of aligning for a massive Luck rebound, and I, the, the positive signs just keep coming in. I'm back on the, the Luck train. And, of course, you've got him now climbing your big board a little bit um, ahead of Jimmy G, uh, Jared Goff, uh, potential to jump other guys. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Let's talk about the Titans pass catchers. Corey Davis sees a pronounced stock up. Taiwan Taylor, or Taiwan Taylor, I'm not even quite sure how to pronounce it. He is now officially, he's in the books as a penny stock. Mm -hmm. Why? 
Uh, so we'll start with Davis because he's just the absolute star, apparently. That that was the exact words of the newspaper. He put on a show, catching passes all over the field, a deep ball by Mariota, great concentration on a deflected ball that he comes down with later, a pass when he went up and over Malcolm Butler in coverage in the red zone. Uh, he's just making a highlight real filling day after day, so they're saying. And I just love it because that's what we saw him close out the season when he was facing my own Patriots. He was doing everything, going over people, going deep, making red zone one-handed snags, looking like a complete star doing it. That's what we saw when he was in college, when he led, now he's still the all-time leading receiver in, in NCAA history with over 5,000 career yards at Western Michigan. And we're just seeing that now, finally, on the NFL field. He's hampered all last year, but this guy's been working his ass off. He's at the jugs machine every day before practice, last guy to leave type of guy. And when you look at their depth chart, we're going to talk about Taewon Taylor, but they really don't have another clear-cut guy. He's playing under Matt LaFleur, who's a, a Shanahan tree disciple, and that comes from the system where they just pep X receiver, X receiver, X receiver, you know, Andre Johnson, Julio Jones. Not that Corey Davis is on these guys' level. Maybe physically he has that gift within him to reach that level. He hasn't obviously done it yet, but he's going to have that opportunity, it seems. And if he keeps doing this, he'll see the volume. Now, Taewon Taylor, penny stock. He's running with the first team, though. This guy is a complete burner. Uh, he's great in bubble screen situations as well. Really reads, the, reads his blocker as well. This is two guys. I get a little bit more time than that. Come on now. Um, but he's running with the first team. Rashard Matthews on the PUP, so we don't know if that will continue once he's back. But this guy brings a lot more physical gifts than Rashard Matthews. Physical, tough guy, great possession receiver, yes. But Taewon Taylor is an athletic freak, and Matt LaFleur loves screens, loves a vertical offense. I think he fits the system perfectly, and if he's getting used in starting, you got to put him on your penny stock radar. I, I'm really into this guy. I'm, I'm going to track him all preseason for sure. I mean, I buy into him being a penny stock. I got to admit, I'm a little gun-shy about Titans rookie wide receivers after the Tajay Sharp uh, debacle. He's a, he's a sophomore, so he's not a rookie. He, he was there last year and did jack shit. Didn't do anything. I thought you said shot. he's a rookie, but he's running with the uh, whatever. Okay, so he's not a rookie. Uh, I didn't say a rookie. I apologize. Oh, yeah, I might have heard you wrong. I might have heard you wrong. Um, but, you know, Tajay Sharp, remember, we both kind of liked him for a while. Yeah, sophomore, but you might as well think he's a rookie because he didn't touch right. Yeah, I remember him too. But, yeah, he's been running with the first team, so interesting All right. notes. All right, let's talk about Dolphins pass catchers. And, of course, we're referring to the Miami Dolphins, formerly Jay Cutler's Miami Dolphins. Uh, no longer. Now we're back to the, you know, don't worry, everyone. We're back to the Ryan Tannehill era. So everybody have you, can have rest you watched easy. that show, by the way? It seems like a, a Nat Jones show, the very cavalier or whatever it's called. Why, His why, wife. Would, why would you think that's a show I would have watched? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't get to watch anywhere near as much TV probably as you think I do. Um, what would you children? were a diehard fan of the Kelsey and Love show? I remember you watched every episode. I've I still have never seen one second of that show. <laughs> although I would kind of like to. I'm not kidding. I mean that was more the show that you were sitting around beating off to. Um, <laughs> Rumor yeah. has it Jay Cutler is actually pretty hilarious on the oh, show. Really? That's the only reason I ask. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, no, I haven't seen it either. No, I, and I'm I'm not saying like if if it came on around me and I happened to like get into it, I wouldn't watch it on principle. But no, I've never seen it. Um, Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins pass-catching attack, if you can call it that. Uh, wide receiver Devontae Parker's stock is down. Quote-unquote, largely ineffective ugh, through the first five days of camp. In contrast, tight end Mike Gesicki, a penny stock and a riser. He has been, quote, 
exactly as advertised, unquote, as a receiver. <laughs> One of my favorite, uh, you know, coach quotes of the year so far, exactly as advertised. Now, we don't know how he was advertised. I mean, you know, they might have been like, oh, this, <laughs> this guy's lousy. Be like, yep, he's exactly what we thought we were. Um, also, we've got Albert Wilson, guys earning, you know, $24 million is now quote unquote, without a role while Danny Amendola operates as the clear cut guy in Miami. That's a lot to take in. Talk to us about the Miami passing attack, Wolf. Absolutely. And when you lose Jarvis Landry, they lost a ton of their targets. 290 is toward the top five in the league of open available volume right now. Almost 50% of the target percent from last year is available. And they got 17, over 1,700 yards uh, available as well. So tons of targets, tons of yards available. So who's going to eat at the aerial pie? A lot of people originally say Devontae Parker. He's got that build and he's uh, – remember last year all the fucking reports we had on Devontae Parker. My God, what a loser. But it's crazy how much different the reports are this time of the year. They're saying that Xavier Howard is not actually one of Parker's pieces of equipment. It just seemed that way through five days of camp because of how much he was covering, how blanketed Parker was. He can't shake free from anybody, which is a complete 180 from last year. The guy's soft. We've seen this year and year out. He's just a big body that's dripping in potential that never is going to get realized. I've already been off that train, and I'm off it again. Don't touch him. He's got 180p ahead of Robbie Anderson, who we know gets the job done. Was a wide receiver one with McCowan under center all last year. Was wide receiver eight, in fact. So, I mean, the guy, he's going ahead of Robbie Anderson just because he's a tall, athletic freak. Come on. Don't do that. Get off. Get Parker off your list. But look at Kaseki. I mean, he's exactly as advertised. And I know you say, how is he advertised? But coming out of college, he's known as this complete athletic freak. He's 6'6", but runs a 4'5", 4'40", which is just absurd. One of the most athletic guys in the NFL. He has all these clips of him doing highlight reel dunks, all this ridiculous stuff. Uh, and now, he's as advertised, he's going to the perfect system with Adam Gase. Adam Gase with Julius Thomas in Denver. Whenever he's had that big athletic freak tight end, he loves to go the, the rebound tight of routes when he gives you the jump ball maximizes your frame Gusecki is perfect for that so if he's doing his thing he's flying all over the field and they're, they're very pleased with him I know he's a rookie that's the hardest position to translate for as a rookie but man if it's already happening that's a great sign I think he's a great penny stock I've moved him up to about tight end 15 he's got a, a 280p right now so I mean he's going largely undrafted I think he's a great late penny stock tight end that you can go for. And then it's, you know, who do I actually think is going to be the main receiver I target there? Is nobody mentioned the report. Kenny Stills. He's my sneaky sleeper. He's kind of been in the top 35 receivers two straight years. Um, nobody really talks about him. And this is the most open situation he's seen. I love Kenny Stills. I think he's a great player. And I'm really excited to see what he does with all this opened up volume. Um, by the way, great idea for a t-shirt. Just came up with while you were talking. Mike Gesicki. Ooh. And then under it, as advertised. As advertised, yeah. Right. It's a great line. I know, seriously. We could exactly. actually, that could just be like kind of one of our things, as advertised, just like uh, anybody. It could it could apply to Mike Gesicki or anybody else. All right. I hope Pat Mahomes is as, as advertised. I know. By the if so, let's, if he starts doing well, let's bust out Pat Mahomes as advertised. As, sure. as advertised. Yeah. CJ showed me the YouTube. If you, see, if you Google Pat Mahomes fantasy football, there's like six videos that pop up. And I think five out of six are Rotor Street Journals right now. So yeah, we've I mean, we've got, cornered the market on Pat Mahomes. You're welcome, Pat. Absolutely, seriously. Pat. We I hope we should get him on. Man, we're anyway. I'll, we'll get, we'll go off on that tangent another point. We're giving this guy a lot of publicity. He should probably come on the podcast. That sounds right to All me. All right, Joe Flacco, the aforementioned Joe Flacco. What does it mean for Michael Crabtree? Maybe John Brown. Probably not John Brown. Uh, quote, longtime Ravens observer. <laughs> it makes it seem like he's like watching through like one of those holes in a fence. 
or something right. like that. Right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's just been observing the Ravens for a while. Told NBC's yes. Peter King that Joe Flacco is having far away, far and away the best training camp of his career. Now, I heard, by the way, that like this is the first time in Flacco's entire career that he's like gotten his receivers together, like mm-hmm. before, uh, you know, like before, like uh, training camp or something like that. Like he did that for the first time ever. I'm probably getting some of the stats uh, specifics wrong, but to me that just means the guy's been phoning it in for a really long time, and now Lamar Jackson's here, and like he's like, oh, I guess I'll really play, and uh, yep. you know, I guess maybe the results are there. What are you hearing? Yeah, exactly. Everything's been glowing on Flacco. Everyone's thinking that the fire, like you said, is lit under his ass because of Lamar Jackson. And I don't care about Flacco necessarily himself. Maybe he'll become a streamable quarterback at some point. I'm not drafting him. I'm not targeting him. Hell no, I'm not drafting him or targeting him. No, God, no. No, that's not happening. But it does mean a little bit for his pass catchers when you consider the situation here. So if he's making, it says, six beautiful medium to deep throws right on the money in team drills whatnot, he's always had that cannon arm. It's just he always does. been a little bit inaccurate. He's always been hesitant to actually make the throws when it matters. Uh, but now if, if he's got that fire on his ass, he's making the throws, it's important because they have over 332 targets, by far the most in the league, a ridiculous amount, almost 60% of their target share from last year, 2,800. 29 yards from last year 71.3 percent of the yards of the the ravens last year are up for grabs that's an enormous amount of volume and if it's coming from now a more motivated quarterback that's throwing the ball better we got to really break down who's catching passes from now and obviously michael crabtree's head and shoulders above everybody else they have you got to think if 332 targets are available, he's probably getting 120 at least, maybe 150, maybe even more. Maybe he leads the league in targets suddenly. You never know. It's not out of the possibility. And Crabtree, you know Crabtree, me. And you, he's, he's a good luck. receiver. He's done me well last couple of years. Yeah, he's played fantastic in Oakland. He's great in contested situations. He's a smooth route runner. He's about to see a ton of volume from a motivated quarterback, yet he goes in round six, seven. Uh, he could be a true wide receiver one. We call that unsexy upside. Nothing about Crabtree. His name sounds sexy when you call it. No one's going to go, ooh, you got Crabtree. I'm so pissed. But you think about 180 targets, potentially, that's fucking sexy. You think about a good receiver getting those, that's sexy. You think about a motivated quarterback throwing him the ball, all of that is actually sexy. So it's, it's very unsexy upside, in my opinion. I think he's going to be a fantastic pick. So this was all to really hype up Crabtree. But the, the rumors have it, because whenever we see John Brown's name, we have to, to mention him for Mitch. Mitch. Apparently, uh, <laughs> John Brown continues to stand out among the team's uh, receivers on Saturday, going deep, making a lot of plays. I just mentioned his name because he's ADP 310 right now, wide receiver 99. If you do best ball leagues, maybe he's worth a stab because you know he's going to blow up for at least two or three weeks um, and they'll automatically be inserted into your lineup. If Flacco's throwing it this good deep and this accurately deep, John Brown's going to have a role. So keep that name. Just see how he's doing throughout the rest of camp. Keep him on your radar. Right. Still, I mean, and it's close. You'd probably take Antonio Brown over him, but... um... (laughs) Probably. Once again, shout out to our friend Mitch, uh, who we hope will get on the pod pretty soon. Made made a million good predictions on the pod. That wasn't his best million moment. good predictions, but I will remember that one until the day. That's I what we all, that's how it always goes, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, we're we're guilty of the same thing. Um, of course. Rapid fire segment. You ready for some rapid fire? You're not allowed to ramble in the rapid. No, fire no segment. rambling. I, I, one sentence and I'm done. Even if I want to ramble. All right. Packers fourth round wide receiver Jamon Moore has already been working with the first team offense at training camp. 
And that's huge news because it's obviously an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. His third receivers in the past have still been a highly valuable, long, lanky receiver that could really do some damage. Keep him on your radar. Chris Carson has been working as the Seahawks' number one running back through the first two days of training camp, while the Seattle Times' Bob Condotta, the Bob Condotta, reports that running back C.J. Precise appears to be the leader for the role of Seattle's two-minute third down back. So where's Rashad Penny in this situation? Uh, you know. got to make him go down your list. It's a bad offensive line in a crowded situation. I'm not touching Penny anymore as much as I loved him earlier. ESPN's Rob Domovsky writes that Ty Montgomery has worked as a third down back early in training camp. According to Domovsky, uh, Jamal Williams has handled the majority of the normal down and distance situations. While Montgomery has been in during two-minute and no-huddle drives, Aaron Jones is currently sidelined by a hamstring injury. So this is just, again, the whole situation as we called last week. We talked about it in greater length. Seems like it's unfolding exactly as we planned. Jamal Williams has to be the highest, and Ty Montgomery should be going up radars as well. Aaron Jones might have a little bit of sneaky value later in the season, though. Jets running back Elijah McGuire will undergo surgery to repair his broken foot on Monday. Welcome back from the dead, Bilal Powell. You all always love you and your talent, and I hope this actually opens up the situation for you to be utilized properly. The Jets are too dumb to do that, though. Will Fuller. Will Fuller the fifth, I actually think, has bulked up to 185 pounds. Which is crazy to me because that means he gained 20 pounds, so he's playing at, what, 165 the last two seasons? How do you play in the NFL at 165? Either way, we, you know how much we love Will Fuller. Anything that helps him stay on the field would be huge. There you go. Jam-packed stock watch is what I promised. I'd say that the Wolf delivered. Uh, we're going to come right back. We're going to welcome Joe to the show. Uh, I think not for the first time. I think we've had Joe in the past, actually. We're yep. going to welcome okay. Joe back to the show. We're gonna He's great on the radio, great sound guy, um, and is doing great work with this. And we're going to break down the first Road Street Journal mock draft of the year right after this. All right, we are back. I promised you a featured segment that you were going to be excited about. I'm about to deliver. Uh, we're welcoming Joe back to the podcast. Uh, I told you he's not only you know part of this draft that he's going to be assessing, hopefully objectively. Uh, Wolf, you too. Uh, we're counting on you guys to, to put your partisan issues aside. Um, he's going to help us, uh, you know, assess the mock draft that we did with you know twelve. What? How did you describe them? Twelve respected football minds. Was that yeah? How you told us all? Exactly. It's eight eight staff members, um, and then I had four people that I've been in leagues with that are always towards the top of it that are obviously down to do a fantasy draft in the middle of July. That's not going to actually that, matter. That they took like four to- days, by the way. <laughs> I know. That was a long-ass draft, but we got it done. We powered through. Uh, so, yeah, some great fantasy minds here. If they're working at the RSJ or if I'm bringing them in, you can know that they're, they're ringers from leagues. So right. this is some good stuff. And Joe also, like I said before, has been filling in and doing some awesome audio work for us. Uh, the reason we've had, you know, several of our most recent podcasts have gotten out uh, at all is because Joe bailed us out. So thanks a lot. Joe, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. Doing well. You know, it's just another day in paradise out here in Indiana, rainy day. So I'm ready to dive into it. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to try to give you a break from the drudgery that is a rainy day in Indianapolis or Indiana. <laughs> Indiana or if, what other part of Indiana is there? I mean, is that where you're at, Indianapolis? Yeah, I'm in Indianapolis. Um, there's Bloomington down there. It's got IU, lots of crazy stuff going on down there. But other than that, not a whole lot. 
All right, but you know, as an educated guess, if you if someone's from Indiana and you say Indianapolis, you're you know you're right probably fifty percent of the time. Yeah, All right. you're not an asshole. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we're gonna get right into it. I'm gonna read you the draft uh, order. I'm gonna tell you who people took. You guys are each gonna tell me who your favorite pick in that round was, and then uh, you know you can maybe uh, you know pontificate, rant a little bit about what you need to do personally, what other people need to do moving into the second round. We'll try to keep it moving. All right, we're gonna start off. Pick number one, and I'm not going to tell you every person that did every pick, but pick number one was yours truly, uh, the truth. So, you know, just assume this team's going to be solid. I took Todd Gurley first. Uh, next up, Ezekiel Elliott was pick number two. Third pick, Le'Veon Bell. Fourth pick, David Johnson. Fifth pick, we delve into wide receivers, Antonio Brown. Sixth pick, Saquon Barkley, picked by CJ, by the way. Seventh pick, this is Joe's pick, DeAndre Hopkins. Eighth pick, Alvin Kamara. Ninth pick, The Wolf, OBJ. Uh, 10th pick, uh, Melvin Gordon, 11th pick, Jimbo Slice picks Mike Thomas and Trader Tim rounds out the first round with 12th pick with Leonard Fournette. What jumped out at you right away, Joe? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing was Zeke going number two over, uh, Le'Veon, you know, with the recent news that he's holding out, it's not really surprising. And even if he was in camp right now, I'm kind of in favor of this. I mean, the guy had 400. 31 touches last year if we include the playoffs that's a ton of work and there's Mm -hmm. lots of history that shows running backs break down after such high usage so um you know zeke's got the best line in the league again after they made some upgrades they're just gonna pound the rock with him you can't go wrong with that well if you got a favorite pick I actually love that the Coyote here, my little brother, went David Johnson at number four over Antonio Brown. That's not how my big board originally was. But after this round, and you're going to get to my worst pick in a second, I'm going to be talking about myself. After doing round one, I just need to have a workhorse. It's tough to pass on a Hopkins, especially a tough to pass on A, B, Odell, all these guys. But, man, I I look at what my team could have been if I went with a workhorse. And I like that the Coyote, as hard as it might be to pass, on Antonio Brown, and even though that might not be what the, the industry says, I like that he went with the guy that's going to be the guy 30 touches a game in David Johnson. I like that pick a lot. For the record, I would have definitely also taken David Johnson over Antonio Brown. I thought that was the right pick. Uh, Wolf, what do you think uh, as far as the worst pick in the round? Uh, so I... I'd say Odell Beckham, piggybacking <laughs> off what I said. I I think my own pick. And that way you know I'm judging this draft unbiasedly. I love Odell. I think his floor is high. I think his ceiling is astronomical. Maybe the highest player in fantasy, uh, as high as anybody, especially with Pat Shermer coming to town. Love a lot about him, but again... If I had a horse, uh, the way the draft unfolded and the way some running backs um, – the, the running backs really flew off the board in this draft. They did. And I got kind of strapped. Uh, yeah, obviously you got to play to your strengths. But, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast is I'm all about building a stable. I want three really good backs, including one in my flex. And I didn't follow my own advice. And I know me and you, at right right when I made those receiver, receivers, truth, you're right in my ear texting me, just like, receiver, receiver, what about all the advice about building a stable, blah, blah, blah. And it's true. I, I veered off my own path to match my best player available strategy. I need a horse. I don't like that I went Odell. I wish I had Melvin Gordon instead, and I'd really like this team. So I'm saying Odell was the worst pick. Another great idea for a shirt, by the way. Where's your stable at? Yeah, where's that? stable at baby not with me this year that's for sure joe which pick did you not like um i mean the i have a few with a minuses that i've graded out i guess i'll go with kamara um i mean his upside's ridiculous we all know that 
Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Payton's come out and said they're not going to just run him into the ground those first four games without Ingram. And I've talked to Wolf about this. I'm really wary of those one-year breakout players. I mean, he did it for one year, but he was so productive that he almost has nowhere else to go but down. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of scared of Kamara, I guess. I think now that you say it like that, I think I'm kind of scared of Kamara too. I'm ex- yeah. I mean, I think he's exciting, but I'm, I'm not sure I would take him that high either. That's interesting. All right, let's go to round number two. Um, Trader Tim, who took Leonard Fournette to end the first round, kicks it off, goes back-to-back, uh, the workhorse, building a stable, Kareem Hunt, just like that. Um, then we got Dalvin Cook, uh, Keenan Allen. Wolf picks Julio Jones. You got Beckham and Jones. That's a great-looking squad of receivers, but no stable. Uh, then A.J. Green, Mike Evans was Joe's pick. Joe also goes wide receiver, wide receiver. These are the only two guys, by the way, in the draft that went wide receiver, wide receiver to start. Um, mm-hmm. C.J. comes back, gets Jarek McKinnon. Lots of upside from this guy right now. Uh, Jordan Howard, the coyote, coyote. Is it Coyote or Coyote? I never know. Devontae Adams. Uh, Red Soccer, 45, picks Doug Baldwin. Then Christian McCaffrey. And then yours truly finishes off the round with Devontae Freeman uh, building my stable nicely to begin things. Uh, well, favorite pick in the entire round. Uh, man, I thought the value, I, I cited the Coyote twice in a row, but I thought Devonta Adams really fell far to be Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver. Jordy Nelson type upside, maybe even higher because he's just that much more athletic at this stage. I really think Adams, to, to round it out with David Johnson, I, I really like that strategy of a great running back and a great receiver anchor in those first two rounds. I think he really executed that well to begin this draft. Joe, you got a favorite pick? Yeah, I really liked um, Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimbo Slice took him there. I gave it an A+, because he paired him with Michael Thomas. That's a really Great. good one, too, to start off right there. Mm-hmm. Least favorite pick, Joe. Least favorite pick? The lowest graded was uh, Jordan Howard, just because I feel like his upside's a bit limited this year. Um, I mean, I still gave it a B plus. I didn't hate it. Um, but I feel like he's not going to get a ton of catches. This is a PPR league. And I felt like there were um, players with bigger ceilings that they could have gone with. Wolf? I hate Christian McCaffrey at 23 overall from Roto Duck. He's new to the staff, helping out with our Stockwatch blurbs. But making picks like this is going to get Roto Duck in some hot water soon. I just think <laughs> that you're stuck in a... Yeah, he's a committee back. C.J. Anderson's going to get more work than I think people are expecting. Every single report's different on McCaffrey, whether he's going to get 200 touches, whether he's going to get 100, whether he's going to get eight. You never know. It's all coach speak. And as much as I like McCaffrey as a talent, I'm not taking a just pure receiving back this early. I think it's a terrible pick. Um, all right. Any, any comments on the round, uh, how your teams are shaping up, anything like that? Uh- I'd just like to say, I think the Wolf and I's team really are pretty similar. We both go receiver, receiver. And then we'll see in the next round, we both kind of reach on a running back that neither of us, I would say, are absolutely thrilled with. So I think a lot of that is really us taking what's there. Um, in both instances, there's a big run on running backs right before. So rather than reach, you know, we kind of said, all right, we'll take the elite receivers and try and make up for running back elsewhere. And I don't think it panned out for us either. I'm not going to lie. Like you said, I, you know, we'll see who my running back one is in a second. But if that guy was my running back two and I have like Melvin Gordon and that guy, I, I would feel great about those who plus Julio Jones as my wide receiver one. I, I'd feel so good about my team. So, again, like I was saying, I'd love my first two rounds to be either two running backs or a running back and a receiver. I can't go receiver, receiver again. 
All right, let's kick off the third round uh, with my pick. I picked Tyreek Hill. It's a pick I'm not crazy about, but there's a ton of upside, and I'll defend it if I have to. Uh, Darius Geis next. Joe Mixon with the third pick of the third round. Uh, Gronk, the Coyote, getting a lot of attention. I mean, and you're, his team shapes up differently than anyone else's. Um, mm-hmm. You can get Gronk with the fourth pick in the third round. Stephon Diggs, C.J. Lands, Adam Thielen. Uh, Joe comes back with Derrick Henry. That's the stretch he was talking about before. Uh, Travis Kelsey, second tight end off the board, goes next. Jay Ajay from the Wolf. That's his, uh, that's his uh, stable leader. Uh, Jarvis Landry. Zach Ertz from Jimbo Slice, who's just always up Zach Ertz's ass like nobody's business. And Trader Tim finishes up the third round with Larry Fitzgerald. Thoughts on the round? Uh, favorite pick of the round, Joe? Favorite pick of the round? I probably, I really liked um, Adam Thielen from CJ. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a true wide receiver one at pick 30. And he paired that with Jarek McKinnon and Saquon Barkley. So he's really got a lot of upside there, although a lot of question marks as well. Right, yeah. He does have he does drip upside, but he does have some question marks. Wolf, who was your favorite pick? I, I was going to say Thielen. I love both Vikings receivers where they, they go. I actually have digs higher than Thielen on my big board. So I thought both of those guys were fantastic values. I think both will be dominant wide receiver ones with Kirk Cousins under Joe DeFilippo. I also thought Travis Kelsey really fell pretty far, um, even though I don't love taking a tight end too early because it's a, a single position that you only, only need one starter at. I thought Kelsey that far down is just so much better than most tight ends that it made a lot of sense for, uh, for Mahan to go in there. Least favorite pick. Ah, uh, I, I was going to say my own pick again, but I hate Joe Mixon. I, I like J.J. more than Mixon, and I think uh, A.J. really reached on Mixon up at 3.03, and that's with Geis right ahead of him. And I, we just talked about how much I like Geis after, especially all this new news coming out about him. I think that was a very big reach as well, but Mixon even more so to me. I think his offensive line is garbage. I think that offense as a whole is not very good. So even if Mixon is a pretty solid individual talent, versatile guy – I don't like his surrounding situation at all, and I think that was a huge reach. Roto Duck, the only guy in the draft to go RB, RB, RB to start off. He's got Elliott, McCaffrey, and Geis now. Um, least stable. Favorite, yeah, that's a stable. Least favorite pick, Joe. I kind of tend to agree. I think Joe Mixon at 27 is a huge reach. Um, I wouldn't say I hate him, but th- there's definitely some reasons to be down on him this year. Um, yeah, it gets kind of tough because there's a lot of reaches at running back so whereas wolf hates this team i actually think we kind of capitalized in a three receiver league where we're gonna have to start three of them we got some good talent that's true all right coming back round four trader tim starts off with Lashawn mccoy who's plummet down the big board uh maybe has come to a halt we'll see then alex collins sony michelle wolf comes back with amari cooper uh great wide receivers he's got we'll see if that pans out i mean it's a mock team but we'll see uh, Aaron Rodgers, first quarterback off the board with the fifth pick in the fourth round. T.Y. Hilton from Joe. And Wolf and Joe are going R, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver. They've each done that. C.J., Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Roto Street Journal favorite. Um, Josh Gordon. Deshaun Watson now. the So your your brother, David Johnson, Devontae Adams, Gronk Watson. I mean, he's hitting one from each position. Very interesting. Very solid yeah. talent. Um, then we got Golden Tate, Allen Robinson, and then I finished the round off with Alshon Jeffrey. Which, by the way, the more I think about that pick, the more I really like it, uh, even though I was kind of mad about it when I made it. Uh, Let me hear why you like that pick before we dive in, because I don't really like that one too much. Well, you know, I, I wasn't that excited about it. I looked at who was on the board, 
And I decided, like, why am I was like, why am I not taking this guy? I mean, Carson Wentz is coming back. He's the best receiver, minus maybe Zach Ertz, um, on the Eagles. And I'm looking for, I'm looking for like a blue chipper. I'm looking. For, I'm not necessarily chasing upside, although I do think there's a, a substantial amount of upside with him there. I want to make sure I'm getting picks because I took Tyreek Hill, which is a big upside chase. And I wanted to make sure that I was getting points every week. And the more I thought about it, the more I actually really thought it was a good pick uh, with the last pick in the fourth round. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I might be wrong. I kind of talked myself into it after the fact. But I liked him more than the guys that went directly after him. I liked him more than uh, Corey Davis. I liked him more than Edelman, who went much later in the round. And I, I like him at least as much, if not more, than Brandon Cooks. And those were the only other receivers that went in that round. I thought one thing you just said too that, that I think is hilarious is just how you talk yourself into picks. Like you'll get a guy and you didn't necessarily intend to take him, <laughs> and then suddenly you just play out all the great narratives about him. I did that with Demarius all last year after I ended up with him in league. Like, oh, Mike McCoy's gonna love him. He's gonna pepper him. Blah blah. Oh, a, I, I know exactly what you're saying there. But no, I get that. That's a fair point. I really love. I mean, there was a uh, slew of receivers that were taken that round. I mean, there. Uh, you started with Amari Cooper and we had seven yeah. receivers go in like, in, in like nine picks. And then the final, the following round, almost no receivers went. So I do feel like there is uh, a little bit of a drop off a cliff. And I, I hope that Jeffrey is on the higher side of that cliff than the lower side. But what was yeah. your, what was your favorite pick in the round? I, not to toot my own horn, but I did like Amari Cooper's value a ton with John, uh, John Gruden calling him the main vein of the passing attack, calling him a younger Tim Brown who dominated under Gruden. He's already said we're going to move him all over the place, including the slot, which is where Cooper's been at his absolute most dominant. That huge game he had last year, the 210, like three touchdown game against the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. He played by far the most slot snaps of his entire career, is right around 40%. And just dominated. I think Gruden's going to know that. He's going to capitalize. I think Cooper, especially for he's my wide receiver three. Yeah, he's a little inconsistent. Yeah, he's been boom or bust in his early career. But I think he's going to really find uh, some steady value under John Gruden. And it, John Gruden, 11 out of 11 wide receiver ones have topped 1,000 yards. I think Cooper gets back to that threshold under him. I thought it was a great value as well as Joe's T.Y. Hilton pick. I know we, I thought both of us, our three receivers are pretty ridiculous. I thought that was great value for him too. I will say that every receiver that went that round, with the possible exception of Golden Tate, who went two slots before Jeffrey, I would have taken before Jeffrey. I was okay. I was going to take a wide receiver, and uh, you know I would have taken Cooper, Hilton, Smith, Schuster, Gordon, and even Allen Robinson. That's who I was gearing up to take, but he went the pick before mm -hmm. Jeffrey. Um, what was your favorite pick in the round, Joe? Uh, I have similar feelings. I really like the T.Y. pick. The guy doesn't miss games. Last two seasons with luck, he finished as wide receiver 5 and 12. If I'm getting that production from my third receiver, I'm pretty damn happy. Um, and uh, luck's back, guys. Like, the excitement around here is ridiculous. It was just bad last year. No luck. We dealt with Pagano. Like, I can't tell you how amped people are about right and luck right now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked about that earlier. Do you? One question I had about Ty because you're an indie guy, and I wanted to ask this: is obviously he's a more vertical-based receiver, and Frank Reich's systems historically that West Coast like quick pepper, quick strike attack. He, he does go for the big plays every now and again too. Do you think Ty is going to be a good fit for this system? I think he will because I mean his speed. We can get him in more catch and run scenarios where he's out in the middle of the field. He can outrun guys. And then we saw in the Super Bowl, it was kind of like uh, crossing route, crossing route, crossing route, and then bam, he hits you with the big play. I feel like T.Y. is going to be amazing at that because cornerbacks, 
you know, they'll be waiting on those crossing routes and waiting them to cut over the middle, and then he'll just shoot down, and no one's going to be able to catch him. All right, well, you guys have tooted your own horns enough. Uh, what picks did you not like in this round? Joe, go ahead. I thought the quarterbacks went a little high. Uh, I think Rodgers at Me 41. Too. I mean, he's a stud when he plays, but um, he's had some significant injuries the past five years. I mean, past five seasons, he's finished quarterback 29-1-7-1-22. and 22. So he's not invincible to be taking him at 41. And then, you know, Watson's pretty high at 45 as well. The, the guy was amazing, but he hasn't even played a full season. I think we need to calm down a little bit. I'm with you. Wolf, who's your least favorite pick of the round? Fully agree there. You know my stance on QBs. So then I'm also going to say Sony Michelle. I thought was really mm. early. He has some huge upside, of course. I recognize that. But unless – I mean, this is where I would take him if it was Sony Michelle's locked into an every-down featured role. Then he's looking at like an early, you know, fourth – late third type of pick but there's just so much lack of clarity with a Patriots backfield pretty much week to week you, you never know what's going to happen never mind preseason so with, with Burkhead probably locked into the goal line role with a committee situation as much upside as Sony Michelle has I feel like Keegs could have got him even around later which is, is a burnt pick in my opinion yeah I agree with that completely as a matter of fact there were four five six running backs that went the following round and I would say solid five of them I would have rather had than Michelle at that spot Mm -hmm. um all right let's go to round five uh i started round five off with mark ingram which i'm pretty thrilled about of course he's facing a suspension but talk about building a stable the truth's building a stable Mm -hmm. uh Corey davis lamar miller who i also would have liked more than sony michelle uh richard penny uh evan ingram Kenyon drake we got freeman joe coming up with freeman he's taking his second running back with uh royce freeman then we've got Julian Edelman also facing uh, suspension, but obviously solid when he's there. The Wolf picking Dion Lewis. The stable is just, I don't know, it's a suspect <laughs> stable. Uh, Tom Brady then Colin's going. Big. Keegs picking up Tom Brady. Um, Jimbo picking up Jones at running back. And then Trader Tim closing out the round with Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Wolf, well, who's your favorite pick in this round? Um, I don't like a lot about this round. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I really did actually like your Ingram pick based on your team makeup. I hate to give you any type of credit truth, but Thank when you man. already had two solid safe horses in the stable and then you can add Ingram and you can really eat that suspension pretty well because you already got the two horses to do it. I think Ingram was a really nice value. And in four weeks into the season, you're going to get that as your flex. And we saw how dominant he was in that tandem with Kamara last year. I think they keep that run heavy approach. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it type of thing i think ingram's gonna just pick up where he left off last year and i think that's a fantastic pick in that 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 lead also four weeks the guy doesn't have to play i mean if if something happens to Gurley or freeman he can obviously fill in seamlessly in the stable um what was your favorite pick joe i love the brandon cooks at pick 60 i mean the past three years he's finished as wide receiver 15 10 and 13 to get that at 60 i feel like it's huge value I don't see why he shouldn't be around that range in the Rams' top-scoring offense. Um, and then golf heading into year three, his second year in, sh- in this um, McVay system, I don't know why the Rams aren't talked about as much for a team that has so many weapons and scores so easily. All right, what was your least favorite pick? Least p- favorite was definitely Ronald Jones. That's just one of the guys I'm staying away at all costs. He's got a crowded backfield. I didn't love him in college. He's kind of one of those, he either loses three yards for you or he gets a 20-yard gain. Um, 
The O-line is average at best, and then Bucks ranked 29th in scoring last year. Uh, I, I just don't love anything about it. Least favorite pick, Wolf. I really didn't like this round as a whole outside your pick, and I think Evan Ingram by Taylor was a nice pick. I thought Lamar uh, Miller was a nice pick where he went, just yeah, to be honest. I think Lamar Miller, too, you're right. High floor, he's losing some weight, and he's in a good offense, and Foreman might be on the PUP. I think Miller was actually a really nice pick, but after there, it was all kind of downhill for me. I don't like Penny. I don't like Drake. I, I, if I'm going to pick the worst one, Joe, I apologize, but I'm coming at you here. Royce Freeman, uh, even in his best-case <laughs> scenario here, in the middle of round five, you're looking at a, a – Pretty bad offensive line. I know they're saying the play is a lot better. They added Valdi here or whatever that guy's name is. He's okay at tackle. But I don't like his offensive line. I think it's already been very clear from Vance Joseph. We're going to use multiple backs. They had four running backs already working with the first team this first day of camp. And so let's say it's – he emerges out of a committee, which it's going to be a committee, it sounds like. You got a, a lead guy in a not very potent offense behind a not very good line. Royce Freeman's best case, I don't even think, is where you took him. And I think we're not even going to get his best case. I think he's going to be trapped in a committee all year in Denver. I don't like that pick. All right, round six. I kicked <laughs> off. Uh, we, we're going to kick off round six with Demarius Thomas. Um, soft ass, Wolf. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate Demarius Thomas. Come on, you, you, you knew I was gearing up for that one. <laughs> I was. He's a vegan. Um, vegan soft ass. <laughs> De- <laughs> Demarius Thomas, uh, Marvin Jones, Devonte Parker. Oh stay away, stay away. Yes. Uh, Wolf coming How back. That, yeah, yeah it's horrible. Gonna, I mean, I think we already know who everyone's least favorite pick of this round was. Well, we'll see though. <laughs> there were a couple bad ones. Uh, Rex Burkhead for the Wolf. Tariq Cohen. Uh, Cam Newton. No, wait, sorry. Kyle Rudolph for Joe. Uh, Sammy Watkins. The beast mode himself, Marshawn Lynch. Michael Crabtree. Uh, you know, I've got to say, Crabtree going several spots below Devontae Parker. I don't love that. Uh, Joe. Marquise Goodwin. Carry on Johnson. And then I closed the round out with Duke Johnson as my fourth running back uh, to solidify the stable. Well, favorite pick of the round. I thought Jimbo Slice got a great value on Marvin Jones. He was, what, a wide receiver five or six last year? And, yeah, I know Galladay is coming back. And Galladay, when he played, there's some great splits uh, that Jones just really dropped off in terms of targets and yardage. But ultimately, this guy is a, a huge playmaker. He can go up and get the ball over people. He's great with the, the feet and the toe taps. We've seen that since Cincy, and, and that kind of translated. We saw it in flashes in year one with Detroit. He really put it together for a consistent season. And now you got the best line of Matthew Stafford's career, so he has even more time to shake free and get deep. Same offensive coordinator, so the consistency's there. The line play is going to be better. Matt Stafford should be better because of that line play. I think Marvin Jones was an absolute steal. The rest of this round I really don't like. I love that pick. First, uh, what's your favorite pick, Joe? I'm surprised you're not higher. I love the Sammy Watkins at 67. I like that pick. I like that pick. Yeah, highly talented. He finally stayed healthy full season last year, so hopefully those injury woes um, knock on wood or behind him. Well, if you've been hyping up Mahomes all off season, there's if he's as good as you think he's going to be, then Watkins is definitely going to benefit from that. Um, so I just think getting him this late at pick sixty seven was a huge value. I want to say something on that pick as well because I took Tyreek Hill obviously a lot earlier than that, uh, which I regret a little bit. Although I think Hill's upside is second to none, just about. I think that we had we had a guy on the pod last year, and I don't remember who it was, so I apologize. Maybe Jared Tokars, but it might not have been him. The, the, well, who was the guy that had the same player, different round? 
Approach. Oh, that was the uh, NFL talking head. Right, 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 right. I remember yeah. that. So, and and I benefited from that because the Cooper Crabtree comparison, I took Crabtree in a lot of drafts and it was true. He was, uh, you know, better, as good or better than Cooper, but way cheaper. I don't think Hill and Watkins are the same. I don't think you can judge them that way. But I think it is possible that Watkins has enough upside where he's actually extremely undervalued if he's going in the middle of the sixth round. Um, and so I, I think that's not a bad pick. I also like the Crabtree pick. I, uh, I was just going to say, I completely forgot the Crabtree pick. And we just talked about how much open volume is there in Baltimore. Joe Flacco's plays improving with the fire under his ass. I think Crabtree is going to go down as the best pick of that round. This actually, now that I look at it, I mean, I like the Kyle Rudolph pick too. I think Lynch mm-hmm. is a good value behind that beefy offensive line with Gruden kind of turning the clocks back to the 90s. This line, it's either I really love the picks or I really hate the pick. Tree Cohen, you know how much we all love him here. So I, I loved a lot of it, but there's some I really hated. I would have taken uh, Kyle Rudolph, Sammy Watkins, or Crabtree over the guy to ended up settling for Duke Johnson. Uh, they all went like, you know, three of the five picks before I went. Um, pick Johnson, uh, because of his pass catching ability, I figured he'd be a, a good potential guy to put in the flex. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm really trying to stock up on running backs to, uh, you know, guard against injury, stuff like that. Um, you got a least favorite. I mean, is Devonte Parker, everyone's least favorite. Uh, it's gotta be the, the least favorite is Devonte Parker. I mean, that's just a horrible reach. I don't even think we should waste time talking about him because of how bad of a pick that is. We know he's, he's getting blanketed in camp already. He's just a, a fool's gold. He is the definition of fantasy fool's gold because he's long and fast and looks like he should be fantastic. I also hate the carry on Johnson pick. I mean, a lot of people are high on this I do guy, too. <laughs> but it's a four headed fucking nightmare. We're talking about here. People they are saying Amir Abdullah is staying and he's going to be involved. You got Theo Riddick stealing receptions. You're going to have LeGarrette Blunt stealing at the goal line. Yeah. Carry on Johnson will be that between the twenties guy, but I hate just pure between the twenties guys. So as good as that offensive line could be this year with all the improvements they made, doesn't make a difference when there's four people getting the volume there. I don't like that pick by duck at all. Joe, least favorite pick. Yeah, I mean, uh, at least <laughs> yeah. favorite Carrion, at least with Parker, I can see the logic where, okay, Jarvis Landry's gone, so he's going to get a lot more targets. All right, Tannehill's an upgrade over Cutler. Like, I can at least see the logic, not that I'm buying it. Carrion Johnson, like you said, he's got Blunt, Abdullah, Riddick in the backfield. Um, I think they're I, – I just don't see the opening for this guy to give you consistent points. So stay away from him at all costs. All right, guys, we're going to have to speed things up a lot. We're about 20, 28 minutes in. We're through the first six rounds. I'm going to ask you guys to just name your favorite and least favorite. You don't even have to elaborate unless you think it's necessary. Uh, from each of the following rounds, I'm not even going to read off the names, with the exception of the fact that I'm going to let everyone know that I started the seventh round by picking Robbie Anderson, which is a pick that I love. I'm just gonna I love put, I'm just going to put that out there right now. Just put it out there in the stratosphere, and you can do what you will with it. Um, with that said, Wolf, who is your favorite pick in the seventh round? I thought Chris Hogan was an absolute steal where he went. You got the first four games going to be the clear target hog of New England's offense alongside Rob Gronkowski. And then maybe there's room for him just to continue building off that. I mean, even with Brandon Cooks and Gronk there last year, he was a wide receiver receiver 15 through the first few weeks until he got tweaked himself. So I think Hogan was a fantastic value with great upside at that pick. Joe, who's your favorite pick of the round? I gave that one a good grade. Um, my favorite pick was landing Cam Newton at 79. I know we're supposed to wait, wait, wait on quarterbacks, but there comes a certain point where they become a good value this late in the draft. So I think getting a potentially you know, top-scoring quarterback in the league, I think most people have them top five this year, 
this late, um, you know, he's going to give me more points than anyone else I would have picked at this point in the draft. Well, yeah. least favorite pick? I didn't love the Robert Woods pick, and I know he has that established chemistry and a great, the most high-scoring offensive last year. But with Brandon Cooks now in tow, with Cooper Cup another year developed, yeah, Woods will have some blow-up games. But even with Brandon Cooks, too, that whole offense, I'm just nervous you're not going to be able to predict which receiver blows up when, and it just becomes tough to really trust any of them. So I don't really like the Woods pick here. Least favorite pick, Joe? Uh, probably Randall Cobb, if not siding with Robert Woods. I mean, last three, let's just give you the last two years, wide receiver 35 and 52. The guy's always playing through some kind of injury. He's never 100%. And then the red zone, they added Graham and Mercedes Lewis. They're going to get a lot of those red zone passes. I don't see the upside with Randall Cobb. I feel like this is a commentary kind of on the point that we're in at the draft you said Randall Cobb is 35 and 50 and just to be clear guys I didn't pick Randall Cobb so I have no horse in this race but you said he's 35 and 52 last few years he went as the wide receiver 38 seems like he's kind of right in that range where he's been um any pick at this point seems like eh, you're reaching almost a little bit which is maybe why you felt good taking the Newton pick um round eight Joe who's your favorite pick in round eight favorite pick in round eight let's see uh, I gave a uh, Carson Wentz mm-hmm. at 86. I gave that one an A minus. I liked it quite a bit. Um, now I'll just say part of the Randall Cobb pick is I feel like there's a few other receivers who have hi- higher ceiling for you that go later on. Mm. We'll talk about later. Okay. Well, favorite pick in the eighth round. I loved Carson Wentz as well, and that was the only reason I didn't say I loved the the Cam Newton pick. I think your logic's great. Uh, and this goes to show quarterbacks are really starting to fall. I don't know if this is because it's like a roto street and that's what we preach and people are listening to the advice here. I don't think Carson Wentz and Cam are going to fall this far in most drafts. But if you can get Carson Wentz, like that, this is where I would start to consider a quarterback. I know all offseason I've said not till round 12, 13, 14 am I going to even look at quarterback. Carson Wentz, you know, the 33 touchdowns in 13 games last year is sitting there that late. I thought that was a steal by Jimbo Slice. I really like that pick, too, just to piggyback off him. And Drew Brees, you know, and nine, pick 92. Just quarterbacks in general, I thought, suddenly became very good values in this point of the draft. All right. Um, we're going to stick with just positives since we're getting down to the bottom of the round. Ra- uh, we don't need to, like, blow someone up for making a terrible pick in round 10. Um, Wolf, round nine, who was your favorite pick? Oh, well, I did want to say that the Marlon Mack pick, Joe, I'm sorry. I, I've blown you up a couple times, but that indie backfield committee is nothing I'm looking forward to at all. Um, yeah. Unless I'm taking Naeem Hines in like round 13. Which you can, give, you can give me my props for picking Naeem Hines in round 11 in a little bit. But, but who, is your, who is your favorite pick in round nine? Round nine, uh, it is starting to get a little gross out there but you know how down I am on Christian McCaffrey it's because I like CJ Anderson a lot I really think he's going to be a great fit for this offense I really like him as a talent I love bowling ball backs like him and I think he's going to be a souped up Mike Tolbert who thrived under Norv Turner I think CJ Anderson is going to be a nice close to a thousand total yards maybe even double digit TDs that you get in round nine and it's so unsexy and I love it Joe who's your favorite pick in the ninth round I don't know how it's not Emmanuel Sanders at 98 I, I mean, we saw Demarius go several rounds higher. I feel like Emmanuel could, in my mind, they're about the same. You know, brand new quarterback. I agree I with that. Um, that I stole Pierre Garçon at 103. I know Goodwin is the sexy guy, but everyone's forgetting about Garçon. He played very well last year before he got hurt. He's healthy now. I think he'll be the possession receiver in that offense for Garoppolo. 
All right, round 10, who is your favorite pick, Joe? Round 10, let me see. Let me take a quick look here. We're rapid fire at this point. Uh, well, if you got Mahomes pretty late, I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, that was the I, most predictable pick in the draft, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we all knew it was coming. Uh, I, I feel like I almost reached just because I knew like Truth was going to try to take him if I didn't, and I didn't want to listen to that fucking little snobby comments you would make. <laughs> I would have taken him as my second quarterback, yeah, absolutely, if you hadn't <laughs> exactly. taken him there. I absolutely would have. Yeah. yeah. I also paired a Devontae Booker with Freeman, so I own that Denver backfield now. Whatever one emerges, you know, I'm going to have a starting running back there. Favorite pick in the 10th round? Bad offense. Who's your favorite favorite pick in the 10th round, Will? You know my boy, Jordan Reed. I know it's disgusting because he's going to get hurt. He's going to tweak the badge, and I know he's going to be out for quite some time. But the games you get out of him, he's saying he's 100% better than he's feeling last year. Uh, I think even if you only get eight games out of him at this point, you're getting a tight end one for those eight games. He's a beast. Alex Smith is a quarterback, uh, tight end friendly quarterback. I really think Jordan Reed's going to have some productive games, even if you know it's not going to be. The guy that picked him already had an elite tight end on his team. You're saying all the games he plays? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. To me, that seemed like a ridiculous pick. Whatever. Maybe you're flex, though, right? He's got Julian Edelman for the the suspension. Uh, That's a fair point. Maybe you get four games out of Jordan Reed for your flex, and then suddenly you get Edelman coming in, and Jordan Reed's already pulled his ass. So, you know, that's what I think. I like Jordan Reed's upside there at this point. And Kenny Stills, too. Good right. upside. Wolf, who do you like in the 11th round? And I, I just want to say but before we go here, because we're running out of time, uh, right when I made this pick, I went George Kittle, 10th round, Naeem Hines to start the 11th round, and the Wolf texted me that he wanted to slap me in the face. <laughs> and I still do. I thought both of those picks were like the two exact guys I wanted to fall to me because I didn't have a tight end yet, and I liked Kittle's upside receiving-wise. And then I, I love Naeem Hines. You know how much I've talked about him on this podcast. I think he is the ultimate penny stock running back. I won't say this year's Kamara because that would be absurd. There won't be another Kamara. But if anybody's going to emerge with Andrew Luck back, with that offense on the rise under Frank Reich, with them playing from behind a lot because I think their defense is still pretty bad, I could see Hines being in in the game more than any running back out of Indy. I think he's going to rack up reception after reception. I really like that pick. Uh, Favorite pick, Joe? I was a big fan of... I got Chris Carson late, and I really I, like I Ken love Galladay at 128 as well. Yeah, I love the Chris Carson pick, especially he's, he's the number one running back right now. That that was one, after Truth took the two I wanted, Carson was next on the list, and so then I was just real pissed by the end of it. Okay. I, I love that. All right, we're going to round 12. This is going to be the last round that we assess this way, then we're going to go right to grades. Who is your favorite pick in round 12, Wolf? Uh, round 12, I really think Anthony Miller by Jimbo Slice was fantastic. He was handpicked by Nagy, uh, even though they already added two new receivers in Allen Robinson and uh, Taylor Gabriel. They made sure to go out and get Miller high draft capital, high round two pick because Nagy said, I love the way this guy runs routes. I look at him and I say, this is exactly how I want to use him. I love that quote from Nagy when somebody has the exact vision in mind. And every report so far is that Miller's been a start training camp one of the he's moving in the backfield he's moving in the slot he's going all over the place i think miller is going to be a steal there i love it all right final favorite pick joe who you got round 12 uh i give you credit wolf you got jack doyle at 136 he was tied in seven last year andrew luck's back that offense is going to be clicking i've been harping don't worry about ebron ebron will play the burton role and jack doyle will play the Ertz role in frank wright's mm-hmm. offense from philadelphia all right Nice assessment of the rounds, guys. Let's hear some grades. We got 12 guys that have been waiting with bated breath. Well, really, I guess 11 for each of you because you know what you're giving yourselves. Um, Give us some grades, guys. 
All righty. Uh, so I'm looking at the Wolves roster at the top here. Not not the top team, but I'm looking at my uh, my rosters here. I thought for myself, I'm gonna give it a nice B plus. Uh, not a full A. If I had gotten Melvin no, it's not Gordon a full A. One, what are you talking about? If <laughs> if I had gotten Melvin Gordon in uh, round one, I would have thought this was an A plus team. So I think my running backs are a little thin. I do still think uh, one two out of the four. In terms of Ajayi, Burkhead, Lewis, and Chris Thompson, I think I'm going to get dependable value. I love my quarterbacks. I, my receivers are off the charts. So I give myself a B plus. Okay. Joe? Yeah. I mean, I think our teams are very comparable in that way, that we're stacked at receivers. Our running backs kind of suck. I'll give myself an A- minus because I feel like other than running back, I have blue chippers at every position. Love Kyle Rudolph this year. Love my receivers. Got Cam Newton. Later got Jared Goff to back him up, um, and then got Greg DeLeg, my favorite kicker in the league. Oh, Come on, fucking man! <laughs> uh, I would, yeah, I would. I just want to say with Joe, Joe picked a kicker, solid two rounds before anybody else. Joe also, like we said, picked Marlon Mack in the eighth round. So uh, you know that that had to be why the minus was on the end of the A. Um, I don't think that's an A team at all. I'm not going to lie, Joe. I, I think it's – if I gave myself a B plus, I think I pulled off the receiver heavy strategy with better running backs. Your running backs are disgusting, but your receivers are so good. I think your quarterback stable is awesome. Your tight end is better than mine by far. So I'd give you I'd give you just a step below mine. I'd give you a B. But those running backs, dude, I mean, I don't see one that I'm like fully confident in at all. Oh. Well, That's all right. we, we can argue about the running backs a different day. We will. <laughs> we, we will. Um, we're not going to have time to grade all these, but Wolf, what do you grade my team? All right. I'll give you a team. I, I'd like your squad now. I thought the Ingram pick, like I mentioned, was fantastic. Your stable is very deep. I thought you started to lose it a little bit with like Duke Johnson. Um, we were looking at your receivers. It's really, really boomer bust. When you're talking about yeah. Tyreek, Robbie, and Alshon, none of those guys are a guarantee to see targets every single week in crowded offenses. If they boom, your team's going to put up, you know, w- with those running backs, you got a solid base every single week. But those receivers, you know, week to week, you might get zero from some of these guys. I, nah. I still like the stable so much, though. And, you know, I love Rivers and Tyrod. So I'll give it a B plus as well. I, I think you fell right into that B plus range. The receivers just scare me. It could be you really could just disappear for a week and, and just lose because of the receivers, which gives it a, a, into the B range. And it's so funny. I want to like argue with you about this, but, and it's like, cause I feel like I have a lot invested in this. And then I remember, Oh, right. I, this isn't even a real team. This is a mock. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, I was like, we'll see, we'll see. And then I was like, no, nah, we won't. Cause I'm going to draft a real team. Uh, well, a, re- a real fantasy team. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. That's all the time we got for our mock draft. Uh, Joe, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you're interested in the rest of the grades that we got, is that going to be on the website? Wolf? It's going to be in the draft guide. Joe's actually the one going through and grading all the teams. He's grading all the picks, it sounds like, which is unbelievable. Um, so I'm really excited for that article. It's going to be obviously highly valuable to follow a whole draft and kind of get the thought process of a really bright mind in Joe uh, for every pick. So that's going to be great. Make sure you check out rotostreetjournal.com slash training camp. We'll probably post about half the mock draft as a little teaser on the website. But to get the full thing, you need to get the full draft guide. So make sure you check that out. All right, all right. Thanks again, Joe. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Adios. Later. See you, Joe.
gonna wrap things up. We actually had a decent mailbag, and we're just gonna, you know, give you an even bigger mailbag next week. So uh, hang in there. If we didn't get to your question, you sent us one this week. Sorry about that. We'll make sure we get it next pod. Uh, thanks to Joe again for joining us. Wolf, you got any social media you want to pump up? Yeah. Well, if you like this, again, make sure you get the pulverizing blocks all off season by following the rotostreetjournal.com fantasy fullback dive on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Stitcher, wherever you're, you are, will be there. So make sure you subscribe to get these lead blocks all off season and then all regular season too. The fire won't stop. Um, and then you can find us at Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram. We're about to debut Roto Street shows. I know I've been teasing it on these podcasts, but in August, we, we me and Taylor have been hard at work. We're going to have a great show network. you got to follow us on Facebook to make sure you're seeing these. And then obviously myself, Roto Street Wolf on Snapchat and Twitter. Hit me up. Any question, that's my goal out there is to answer every single fancy question that existed. So please hit me up. I love this shit. It's my oxygen. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. My name is Nat The Truth Jones. And I'm the wolf. See you guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 We stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old fashioned football right there, folks.